Hi, this is Pastor James Strickland, and you are listening to our sermon cast for Homeland Park Baptist Church. You can deny it, or you can accept it, you can embrace it, or you can run from it, but Christmas is about Christ. Though many in the time of Jesus' birth, they were looking for a Messiah in the form of a powerful political figure. They received the creator of the universe in the form of a baby. You see, Jesus was not the Savior that people wanted, but he knew that it was the Savior that people needed. So whether you receive the perfect gift this year or you're counting the moments until you can return it, the gifts that we share at Christmas are great, and you will remember it, but the shoes are going to wear out, the toys are going to break, the threads will end up being in a bargain bin at the Goodwill. Look, I understand that. But it's not about the, the, the thing as much as it is about the intent from which it's given. But let me tell you something, that the gift that Jesus is, that God gave, is eternal and it will not fade away. So whether you receive the perfect gift or something that uh, wasn't perfect but, but still good, the gift of Jesus is eternal. So let's jump into our scriptures this morning as we read... Verses 8 through 14 of Luke chapter 2. And we see the implications of suddenly. I love the word suddenly because when you read scripture, no matter where it appears, suddenly means something is about to happen. The word suddenly, it can excite you because it may mean that you finally understand that math problem that you have been wrestling with. I, I can only imagine if I had children today and they came and asked me to help them with their algebra homework, I would like to tell them, now I failed out of algebra in college for one semester, so I'm going to be no help. But now from what I understand is that they do it only, there's, there's like instead of 2 plus 2 equals 4, there's 2 plus then a long sheet of things you have to do to get to four. Look, hey, I'm great. If that's a better way, then, then that's fine. But there's just something about when it, whether it's a math problem or you're putting something together or you are just waiting on the perfect thing to happen and it, it finally locks into place. You're like, yes, suddenly it happened. Also, the word suddenly can anger you because something happened that you didn't want to happen. Maybe you bought that perfect toy. And it said, no batteries included, and you forgot the batteries. I remember one year, I think I've told you before, I got this brand new Schwinn bicycle Santa brought me. And it was, it was black with red rims. It was really cool, guys. I'm telling you, it was a cool bicycle. But when I got on it, the tire was flat. Now, for a pudgy little kid, that, that, that's not funny. But, hey, we, we pumped it up and got it fixed, and I loved that bike for many years. But suddenly it can also break your heart when you lose something or someone that is dear to you. But what we see in Scripture, the shepherds and the angels are, are doing their thing. Then all of a sudden, verse 8, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And joy is our theme this morning. And what we see here 
is that when I read this passage, I go back to the many, many, many children's Christmas programs that I've seen where they bring out the, the, uh, the children in like the, the brown bathrobes and one looks like Joseph and the other one, you know, then you have the little girl that looks like Mary, then you have the, the baby and then you have the shepherds and they come out with the fake beards and it's, it's really cute. Maybe one day we can do that before our kids get too old and it's not cool anymore. But then my wife loves it. Anytime we go to a church and they have the, the nativity scene and they get out the, the, the cutest little kids and they put them in sheep outfit. Isn't it the cutest? Time we go, oh, look at the cute sheep. So when I, when, you know, this is random. I probably should stay with my notes. But, but when I, when I think about those Christmas plays and I think about how those are uh, orchestrated. What a great way to teach children and to teach us about the nativity. But the truth of the matter is, the scriptural truth of the birth of Christ in the nativity is not cute. It is cold. It is harsh. It is out of the way. It is something nobody wanted. It is something that that is is was not glorious at all. If from the look of you, if we were to portray. The birth of Jesus in the way that it actually was, you probably couldn't have the children really do it because it was just horrific, but yet so beautiful at the same time. And, and the shepherds, when we think about those cute kids that dress up as shepherds and, and walk them down the aisles of churches and, and they do all of these funny things, the truth of the matter is the shepherds were not the the uh, cream of the crop back in that day. As a matter of fact, if you were a shepherd, you were looked at as less than. Shepherds hung around with sheep, and sheep stink. If you run around with shepherds, you're going to smell like a sheep. There you go. Hey, it's fine. We, we can be participating this morning. That was almost as good as amen. But as we... <laughs> But as we look at this, the the birth of the announcement is of all the people that, that could receive the gift of this announcement. Instead of politicians, instead of kings, instead of noblemen, instead of priests, it was shepherds. The lowest of lowest of people in that culture. In Jesus' day, shepherding was not the most glorious occupation. If you ever watched that show, Dirty Jobs, with Mike Rowe on it, he would have gone to be a shepherd. Shepherds were the blue-collar workers that smelled like the flocks that they led. They were considered to be people whose testimony was not regarded as the court of the law. So if you had to go to court and your only witness was a shepherd, you were out of luck because their word didn't count. But likely these shepherds were the ones that watched over the lambs that were being used in the sacrificial system at the temple. And these shepherds were invited to meet the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world forever. So what is the significance of all the people that could have received that message? It was a lowly shepherd. What does it say to you and me? This is what it says. Jesus came to earth for the lowly and the overlooked. That's what it means. Jesus came to the low, to the earth for the lowly and the overlooked. If you think that you don't matter, Jesus in the Christmas story says differently. The overlooked and the lowly, those are the ones that recognize their need for him. 
He fills voids in their hearts and lives. And there's others that, that try to ignore that void and fill it with unholy habits. But the greatest event in history had just happened. The Messiah had been born for all ages. Woo! For all ages. The Messiah had been born. And when it finally occurred, the announcement came to the humblest of shepherds. And in verse 11, look at it. It says, the Savior, yes, Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. That is talking about Jerusalem. So basically in that one verse, it is saying all of these prophecies have come true. And it says again, the Messiah has been born. The gospel, the good news begins with Christmas. If somebody were to say, what is the gospel? The gospel means the good news. And the good news starts at Christmas with a baby who was born of a virgin, lying in a manger, born to live and to die for your sins and mine. And if don't think that you are not good enough for Jesus to accept you. He loves you just as you are, whether you are a king or a lowly shepherd. What happens when the event you have been waiting for all your life finally happens? For the Jews in the Bible, this is what they've been waiting for since the very words describing God and creation in Genesis 1-1. All of over 300 prophecies of the Messiah. All of these things coming true. And it's happening right before their eyes and they don't even get the message and they don't even believe it when they hear it. That's right. Verse 12 says this, And you will recognize him by this sign. You find baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. I love that verse because it makes me, when I read that verse, I go back and I think about the countless number of babies that I have seen in the hospital when some of our members bring a new life into the world. And, and you see that little bitty baby looking like a little papoose and all all wrapped up and, and just look like a little burrito. You know, and if it's a blue burrito, it's a boy. If it's a pink burrito, it's a girl. I think that's still the case. But you see that baby, and, it, and sometimes if the baby is on, you know, the mother is holding the baby, the father's holding the baby, or more than likely the grandmother is holding the baby. But sometimes they just put it in that little that bassinet, that, that bin with the nice warm light over it, in a little bitty burrito. And why do they do that? They do that to keep the baby warm. They do that to keep the baby feeling secure. And so as we read this and we see that Jesus is a baby that is born into a cold stone manger that is filled with the remnants of whatever the animals ate the meal before. I'm sure they tried to clean it out, but there was no warm light. There was no grandmother ooing and eyeing over him. It was just Joseph and Mary. And then all of a sudden, some shepherds show up. There's something significant about the baby being wrapped in those strips of cloth, or as those King James Version people say, swaddling clothes. Did you know that the shepherds who were over the sacrificial system, when they would find a perfect lamb that had no blemishes, it didn't have a bum knee, it, it, it looked, it had, you know, it would be the A plus lamb that you would want to sell. But in this case, it was the A plus lamb 
that would go to the sacrifice and they would wrap it in strips of cloth so nothing would happen to it. And so that when it was sacrificed, it would be perfect. Do you get the similarities? Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, wrapped in clothes to prepare him for what would happen 33 years later. He was the sinless Lamb of God whose substitutionary sacrifice would take away the sin of the entire world. Then we get verse 13. Suddenly, there's that word, suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When we hear about the, that peace, we think about, oh, I can't wait for that day of peace when all the nations are going and getting along together. I can't, you know, that old Coke commercial, buy everybody a Coke and watch them all come together. I remember that. Y'all, those older ones, you remember that? I'd like to buy a world of Coke. Anyway, it's probably on YouTube somewhere. But, but do what? Absolutely. I'm still talking about it. Yeah. But here's the thing. I want you to understand that what the peace that these angels are singing about is not about a political peace that politicians can broker. The peace that he is talking about is the peace for you and I to no longer be at odds with God. We are no longer enemies of God because we can have peace with God because this baby that was born of a virgin, that lives a perfect life, that died as a substitutionary sacrifice for our sins, we can be at peace with God. And that is the kind of peace that they're talking about here. I'm sorry, the Democrats, the Republicans, the Independents, and whoever will never broker peace like is done in the story of Christmas. Then we see in verses 15 and 16, we seek what excites us. We seek what excites us. When the angels had returned to heaven and the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem, let's see this thing that happened, which the Lord told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. There was the baby lying in the manger. The shepherds were out in the field doing their thing, and then God interrupted them and said, look, there is something going on. And then they got excited about it, so they went to see what they were talking about. And my friends, if you get excited about Christ and I get excited about Christ, people are going to want to go see what we are excited about. Because we seek what is important to us. And then we see in verses 17 through 20, y'all are hanging in there. We're, we're in the home stretch, guys. Christmas is the motivation to share the gospel story. Look at verses 17 through 20. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart. And thought about them often. When I read that, I often think about Mary when she's seeing her son crucified. Yes, he was Jesus. Yes, he was her Lord. But yes, he was her son. Do you think her mind flashed back to that cold morning in Bethlehem? When at least at that point she could do a little bit to protect him. And now she could do nothing. But Mary kept all these things in her heart. And then the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying God and praising him for all that they had heard. It was just 
as the angels told them. So here's the thing. If you were one of the farmhands or one of the shepherds that didn't go see Jesus, and your buddy, Larry, Moe, and Curly, they went to go see Jesus, and they came back, and they were totally different, you would say, A, what did you get into? What are you on? Or what made the difference? And when they tell them this, that they have seen the Messiah, they go back and they are excited and they tell their friends about it. Folks, the, the preachers call this evangelism. It is called being excited about Christ and going back and telling others. They saw a difference in those shepherds. God chose the shepherds to share the good news of Christ. Imagine what the people thought as the shepherds were going through the streets proclaiming the Messiah was born. They were going to the streets in the middle of the night claiming Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Now, but remember, they were shepherds. And Jesus was a common name back then. That would be like somebody going through here and saying, hey, Joe is here, or hey, Chris is here, or hey, you know, James is here. And you know, like, okay, somebody's been getting into the festivities a little too much. Ask, <laughs> well, I think them shepherds are drunk again. So here they are, here they are, these shepherds that have seen the greatest gift to ever be given. And they are discounted by everyone because of their social status and because of their message. Folks, we have not come far from that point today. People still look at Christians like shepherds. They still hear the name of Jesus And think it sounds like everything else. But that does not negate our duty to share the message. Because if we are excited about it, we will share it. So God brought Jesus into this world in such a strange way. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever found it hard to understand what God is doing? Maybe I'm the only one. But have you ever asked yourself, God, why are you doing this? God. I don't understand. Let me ask you something. If you had a God you could fully understand, would that be a God? That's your deep question for today. If you could have a God that you could fully understand and figure out, would they be a God? I think about my wife. She's not God. But I think about this. I can't figure her out. Every day there's something new, right, honey? And same thing with me. You know, we, we start thinking about the same things, finish these other sentences, but every now and then I see a glimpse of something I didn't even know was there. That's exciting. And to think about God, if you could figure out God, would he be God at all? If you could figure out why he would bring his son into the world in such a humble and, and lowly way, Why would he do that? And I would say, exactly, because he is God. And so if you don't understand what God is doing for that, that means he is God. And when we don't understand him, we must trust him. So praise God for being so great that you don't always understand what he does and why. So in conclusion, Christmas is about finding joy. In God's love for the world. That is the true joy of Christmas. is finding love or finding joy in God's love for the world. Maybe you've never connected the dots till today. Christmas is bigger 
than just a decorated tree and a man with a white beard and a bunch of gifts. It is about God's love for the world. It's about God's love for you. Christmas is about God's love. It's about God's gift to us. A gift that is something we must receive. And by simply receiving this gift, your life can be transformed. This is the good news that will bring great joy to all people. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you so much for this morning. And Lord, the invitation is this simple, Lord. That, Lord, if there is somebody here that would like to accept the gift of salvation, that today may be the day that if there is someone watching this video that is watching this and say, you know what, I don't know if I received the gift of Jesus Christ. I've heard the story, and I think I believe, but it's never really came inside my heart. It's never really changed my life. I've never been transformed. May today you receive the greatest gift that has ever been given to you. By accepting him as your Savior and Lord and praying a prayer of repentance and confession. But there are many here today in this sanctuary that have made that decision a long time ago. And Lord, if nothing else, this has been a great reminder of the magnitude of the love you've gave for us. So if there's anybody here that wants to make sure that they know Jesus as their Savior and Lord, I'm not going to leave until everybody's gone. Talk with me. If you're watching by way of video, send us a message. We will talk with you. We will follow up with you. If, you. if there is a pastor or a friend you trust, talk to them. Make this Christmas the year you found Jesus. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for a precious church family. And thank you for the reason that we are here today. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.